only one guy that we talk to when we want to get into all things Georgia football conversation. It's our buddy Chip Towers joining us. Of course, all of his work at AJC.com. Check out all of the work leading up to the big game coming up on Saturday, and then follow him on his Twitter page, at AJC And, Chip, I guess the biggest question right now for this team is, you know, where are we at with Jalen Carter, A.D. Mitchell? I mean, how's the health situation for some of these guys that we haven't seen of late for Georgia? Well, not to lead off with pessimistic news, but it's not great. I actually just came from uh, Butts Mare Football Complex and uh, our regular post-Tuesday, you know, news briefing with Kirby Smart and a couple of players, and, and the, the news wasn't very encouraging on Jalen Carter or uh, A.D. Mitchell, Adonai, uh, if you will. Um, but it looks like both of them are probably going to miss the Florida game. I guess he held out a little bit of hope. I mean, it, you know, Kirby doesn't break it down into probable or questionable or anything like that, but, uh, you know, they're not going. And uh, so when you get to, you know, what Georgia calls Bloody Tuesday uh, and you're not going, the odds are go down pretty exponentially from then on. We also lo- uh, learned that the great Dirty Dan Jackson, uh, former walk-on out of Gainesville, uh, part-time starter and a uh, really tough guy, uh, 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 part-time starter at safety, uh, is out for the season. He, uh, hmm. He's been experiencing a foot problem, and come to find out he has a stress fracture. They shut him down today, and now they have plans to give him surgery. So not great news when you're getting ready to play old, uh, you know, Anthony Richardson. And what's probably most people don't realize a, a pretty good running the football team. Yeah, Chip, this is a good uh, Florida offensive line that they have as well. And I, I would imagine that, you know, if they run the football a little bit and Richardson can, you know, raise the, the level of his play, they, they got to believe they have this puncher's chance, don't they, in, in, a, in a rivalry like this? Yeah, well, you know, I'd kind of say that on Georgia-Florida anytime. It, it, I, that's a good way to put it, I, uh, is a puncher's chance. And I think when you get into rivalry games like this, that's all it takes is, it's incredible how the momentum swings in that building. I, you know, I don't know if it's because of the 50-50 thing or whatever, but, uh, you know, typically if if one team gets rolling good or the other team gets rolling bad, it, it keeps rolling, it seems like. And, uh, and that's, you know, I didn't even realize until we got into this week uh, that Florida leads the nation in yards per carry. It's, mm-hmm. you know, they're averaging 6.4 as a team, and now you know you you alluded to this. Is you know they they are un almost unstoppable when Anthony Richardson plays well, but he doesn't always play well. No, he does. He's had great games throwing the football, and he's had awful games throwing the football. But the one thing that never goes away is his legs. He can he can run, and it's not really designed runs. You know they throw the ball mostly with him and. And then when you try to pressure him, he, you know, has a good knack for getting away from it and uh, and running with it. And they got some pretty decent backs, too. I, until we got into the deep dive this week, I didn't realize how good they were at uh, basically moving the ball on the ground. Yeah, they got one of those ETNs that uh, that runs, uh, runs it for them. So Chip Towers joining us here on the WaitFord.com hotline covering all things Georgia Bulldogs. We get ready for Georgia and Florida coming up. So where are we with – I saw the statement this week about where the future of the game is and we're going to play it all out. I mean, do we all agree, like, 
it's going to go back on campus. It's just a matter of waiting this deal out, and it's going to head back that way. I mean, is there much of any real chance that this game is going to stay in Jacksonville? Well, I'm starting to lean more that way than I ever have. And believe me, I've always been in the camp that I thought this game would always be in Jacksonville. And and the reason being is just Jacksonville made it that way. Uh, you know, never mind the, the CBS attention that it gets every year annually, always CBS game of the week, uh, regardless really of what the situation was with, with the respective teams. Um, uh, but you know, it's, it's, uh, the money, uh, you know, Jacksonville makes sure that both Florida and Georgia come out better by playing in this game than they would playing it on campus. And, you know, it's kind of interesting. Kirby smart, obviously he has one thing on his mind. Well, two things on his mind, winning number one and recruiting number two, and they go hand to hand for him. And he feels like that they're losing a recruiting weekend uh every every other year i guess is the case may be by playing it down there now it's 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 kind of complicated from the standpoint of you can give tickets to recruits but you can't host them you can't show them around you can't talk to them so they leave tickets for recruits to come see the game but they're just not able to woo them as you normally would and certainly show off your campus but the flip side of that is georgia also you know, just gave Kirby Smart a $112.5 million contract, right? And uh, he has one of the highest paid staffs in college football. Uh, He has the number one recruiting budget in all of college football. And, you know, so that that stuff costs money. And so, you know, it's a little brazen, I think, on, on Kirby's part to to want to take away the opportunity to make that extra money. But, you know, he feels they lose a little ground in recruiting. And, and my, I'm of the opinion you're going to lose a little bit of your opportunity to dominate the series when you go home and home because it's tougher to win on somebody else's campus when you're on a neutral site. And this is a neutral site, regardless of what anybody says. Generally, the team with the best players is going to win. And that's been Georgia lately. You know, that's always been kind of that. It's funny you say that. It's been a bone of contention for a lot of years that this is not a neutral site. And this is, you know, a Florida location. But but it's funny. You're, you're adamant about that, that it is it is neutral. You'd rather oh, yeah. play there than the Swamp, right? Well, yeah, absolutely. Well, number one, you definitely want to play there rather than the Swamp. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's just a tougher place to play. And I and I think the, the Gators could admit, you know, their, their one trip there in the last 90 years aside – uh, that Sanford Stadium is a much tougher place to win at, but you know that you can just forget where it, where it's physically located because they have done Jacksonville it, for past threats of Georgia pulling out of this game has made it where it's absolutely equitable for Georgia the team to get there. They fly directly out of Athens, which takes about an hour and ten minutes from tarmac to their hotel. And the, the Gators bus from Gainesville, which takes them about 90 minutes from Gainesville to there. So there's no inherent advantage. But when it comes to the game itself, there's 84,000 tickets. 42 of them go to Georgia. 42 of them go to Florida. 42,000 Florida, Florida fans will be in there and 42,000 Georgia fans. It may, it, it may sway one way or another depending on where the teams are at in the moment, such as Georgia being number one now and Florida being unranked. But for the most part, 
And so when you're inside that building, man, it could be played in, on Pluto, uh, but it's but it, it's competitively even, and the money and everything else is all even. There's there's no inherent advantage for the Florida Gators. Chip, last question for you. I have just a minute left. Look, last time we saw Georgia, they clubbed Vanderbilt. But what I thought was important is getting their passing game, kind of getting some of that mojo back and getting some of that swag back with Stetson Bennett. You think that was important a couple weeks ago? Does that carry over? I just thought that getting them back into that passing rhythm with Stetson was at least a big takeaway from Vanderbilt. Yeah, I mean, I think it was. I mean, I, I think it was definitely the the, uh, the the objective of that day. Georgia was going to throw it a lot, and, and why wouldn't you? You know, that was uh, the worst, I think, the absolute worst pass defense in the country, And which is interesting. In, in Florida's defense this week, you have the absolute worst team in third down defense. It's uncanny. They're just awful on third down and Georgia conversely is really good on third down. Um, now they're they're They certainly have more hosses on defense than, than Vanderbilt does, but I think they were trying to get Stetson back into rhythm. And, and I think he did, he did, you know, his, his shoulder was a little bit sore. He got squished after one of those uh, sacks or runs against Missouri. Uh, and, you know, that was bothering him a little bit, but he, we got to speak to him earlier this week. He assures us, that, uh, you know, he's 100% fine in terms of his shoulder and ability to throw the football, and he certainly looked that way against Vanderbilt. Check out all of his work at AJC.com. He's got all the coverage leading up to uh, Florida and Georgia coming up this weekend, and, of course, on Twitter, at AJC. I guess I need to say Georgia, Florida. I got stumbled uh, there, Chip, so I apologize. Got to put Georgia first uh, in the rivalry. Check out all of his work, AJC.com, at AJC. Chip, as always, buddy, appreciate it, man. Thanks for a few minutes tonight. We'll talk soon. Okay. Thank you.